So, did you hear about the scent of her new candle? Oh, did I hear about it? We are back after a holiday hiatus. We are thank you, thank you so much for joining us today. If you like what we do, please give us a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts. It helps get the show out there. Share this with your friends wherever you found it. Whether it was Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, all of those places where you can find fine podcast content. You can also find Raymond and I. You can connect connect with us on social media. Two woke nerds on Twitter. Two woke nerds at Gmail my name is Gerald Goodridge. I'm your host this week, like I am every week. And I'm joined by a man who had no clue why DC linked all his universes. Raymond Summerlin. Ray, how are you? I still don't really know what you're talking about. Because I refuse to watch television shows uh, that DC makes. So I still have no idea what you're actually talking about. So... This is something that you and I very rarely talk about, have ever probably not talked about on the show. So DC on the CW has been kind of their big thing. And they just concluded Crisis on Infinite Tells Earths. you everything you need to know about DC. Right? DC on CW. So they did yep. Crisis on Infinite Earths. And apparently, like if you don't know about Crisis on Infinite Earths, well, basically it's like a cross-dimensional threat because they're infinite Earths. And so they linked all of their... Uh, all of their continuity. So the DCEU Ezra Miller made a appearance spoiler alert for something that if you're into that, you've already seen it probably twice. Uh, Ezra Miller made an appearance. Uh, the Doom Patrol from their uh, streaming service, their ill-fated uh, streaming service made an appearance. Uh, Brandon Routh <laughs> Superman made an appearance. I completely forgot that they had a streaming service. Yeah, totally. It lasted for all of about 16 minutes. Uh, so, but the, uh, but all of it is CBS linked. All Access. CBS All Access has been more has been a better service than the DC one. That's amazing. Do not do not disparage the lengths people will go to watch new Star Trek content. Do not disparage. Them. <laughs> so, anywho, I, I had like a 14 second debate with myself when I saw the trailer for Picard. I was like, oh, that could be a thing. I was like, I'm not paying for CBS's streaming service. No way on this. Earth, but we're not here to talk about random things like that. We're going to talk about other random things. We got three new trailers in the last week, so we're going to break them down. We've got New Mutants, Birds of Prey, and Morbius. So we'll start and kind of do them in chronological order, I suppose. So New Mutants came out the farthest back. So New Mutants, after uh, they released a trailer, did a bunch of reshoots, and then released a new trailer. And the new trailer looks way better than the old trailer. Shocking that they did a bunch of reshoots. So we've got... um. An unconnected Marvel movie featuring mutants, which if the mutants are going to be a thing in the MCU, then I don't know necessarily how they're not connected. But they we've got a seemingly not connected group of characters in what appears to be a haunted hospital and things get real spooky real fast. Ray, I uh, I was not in after that first trailer, and this next trailer, this last trailer, has ignited my excitement for it. Are you feeling the same? Yeah, I mean, aside from using Pink Floyd's The Wall in in it, which could stop. Please stop. Like, let's just stop with this. We get it. We don't need no education. We don't need to hear that song ever again. So please stop with that. However, that 
terrible choice aside, I think that it looks really interesting. Like it looks like it looks like they went straight genre, straight horror genre with it, which is a really cool idea with mutants involved. Um, the actors they have in it are interesting. I don't know why Anna Taylor Joy feels the need to do an accent with everything that she's ever done. I don't quite understand why that's going on. She was on the last season of Peaky Blinders, by the way, with a really weird, like, New York accent. I guess it is the 30s. I don't know. It's weird. But so, like, so I'm happy. Like, she's obviously great. Uh, Arya Stark's in it. So, you know, we're happy about that. So, yeah, I, I think that it, I think it looks really cool. And I we've talked about this before. But if all content's going to be comic book content, which even though we both like comic book movies, I think we could both agree that all content being comic book content is not something that we're into. No, so, you, you can tell by our don't sleeps this week. Just be aware that that is correct. However, if everything's going to be comic book movies, then you need to make genre comic book movies. It needs to be like it was when westerns were all that were made, but you could make different kinds of westerns. And so I think that I think that that's that's kind of what this is going down. And anytime that they try to do that, I think it's good. Anytime they tried to do that in the past, it was good. I mean, look at Logan. Logan was great because they picked their genre, their Western. They stuck to it. And it was just, it was disconnected from everything else. It was just its own standalone thing. Obviously, it had characters that we knew and actors that we knew playing roles that they had already been in. But otherwise, it was pretty disconnected from the X-Men universe. Um, And so, and it it worked. And it seems like this is going down the same path. And we'll have to see if it works. But yeah, I I really liked it. Absolutely. And I think that's that's the the point. That's the reason why it reignited my my excitement for it because you mentioned like Logan was Unforgiven like if if you've got Unforgiven if you haven't seen it by the way go watch it one of the best movies of all time probably in my top ten uh, but like I love Unforgiven and that's what Logan was or you look at like why I think uh, even after Endgame one of the first MCU movies I went back and rewatched was The Winter Soldier because well that's the Manchurian Candidate like they they just do like. The best comic book movies nowadays are done outside of genre, and that's why it's a little upsetting that Scott Derrickson has left Doctor Strange because he wanted to do straight horror. Marvel didn't really want to do straight horror, and so I'm glad that there's a thing coming out that's going to be a strict horror movie that that looks like this. And again, it, it looks spooky. It looks creepy. The, the 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 actors look like they're really trying to nail it. I don't know how, like... Arya Stark's character, Wolfsbane, like her thing in the comics is she turns into a werewolf. So, like, I don't know what they're going to do with that. Like in this movie, it's going to be interesting again. Um, Annie Taylor joys playing Colossus's sister. So I want to see how that works out. Like there's a lot of interesting stuff that could be from this. And they, uh, initially the, the post credit scene was supposed to be Mr. Sinister and then coming in, uh, John Hamm was going to be Mr. Sinister, by the way, which is great casting. But they came in, part of the reshoots was reshooting the post credit scene. So there's a post credit scene. So I wonder who Antonio Banderas is playing in this post credit scene. Like That's the question that I'm excited to find out about this movie. Yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting to see. Um, and, and you started talking about post credit scenes and I started getting it mixed up with, um, with Morbius. <laughs> And what we saw at the end of that trailer. So I, I was like, wait a minute, what, what's happening here? But now, sorry, I've now remembered. Which I guess we can move on to that trailer, which, which, uh, what's going on, Gerald? Like, so Jared Leto is going to be a vampire? Is that what's going on here? Yeah, so Morbius the Living Vampire is a Spider-Man villain. 
Uh, weird one for them to pick. Not sure why, but again, they're going genre. It's a horror movie. He's a vampire. So, um, the weird thing about this is that, so the act, the, the crossover between Sony and Marvel is so gray and poorly defined because like the sinister six stuff is not going to be MCU, but like stuff that happens in the MCU Spider-Man films will impact the Sony Spider-Man films, which like, again, which you see the poster of Spider-Man with murderer scrawled across it. And you see at the end, spoiler alert, can't really be a spoiler because it's in the trailer, uh, vulture meeting up with, with Morbius and presumably getting a team of villains together. Like this is just a weird thing. Like, I don't, I don't know how else to describe it. It's just weird that there's this like tenuous relationship, not relationship. Yeah. It's, it's kind of confusing. And just about this movie, first of all, I like underworld as much as the next person who's ever seen underworld. Cause I don't know how you've ever watched underworld and didn't love underworld. So so yeah, so I like Underworld as much as the next person's ever seen it. I dislike Jared Leto as much as anybody who's ever seen him act. So like, there's it's this is tricky for me. But I I think that I think that this like you said it, it's going down a genre, and we're just going to have to give them a chance to go through it. But the interesting part is like what we saw at the end with Michael Keaton being there, with Vulture being there. I, I guess I guess has it even been confirmed that that is Vulture or? That would be super weird if it's not. So I guess we have to just believe that it is. He was doing the vulture accent that he did in the movie. Kind of that weird nondescript New York thing that was kind of New York kind of not. So I, I don't you don't put Michael Keaton in that mo- in any Spider-Man adjacent movie. And he's not uh, he's not vulture. So I'm not sure what's happening there. But so it looks like we've got at least three of the six of the Sinister Six. Because we got Carnage at the end of Venom. We got Venom, obviously, maybe four. Because we got Venom, Carnage, we got um, we got Vulture, and now we got Morbius. It's a weird Sinister Six. But uh, I don't, like, this trailer to me didn't really do anything. I'm going to see it regardless, right? It's a thing I'm going to see. But I just still don't know what's going on. And maybe that's a good thing. Well, yeah. I mean, it seems like your wrote origin story. That they're going to at the end have something where he, where he starts to form a team for the next movie. It's like just your basic setup movie, which is kind of what Venom was. And I didn't care that much about Venom. And the fact that they're pumping up that these is from the same people who brought you Venom. I mean, I don't know if that's a selling point, Sony. <laughs> two of the so, two of the three aren't bad. Uh, so yeah, we'll see. But the but yeah, so it seems like it's just a rote setup movie, which would be fine. And we'll see if Leto can do better in this than he did in his in his last attempt, an attempt that DC is currently trying to wipe off the face of the planet. Apparently, yeah. So Raymond, you're killing the segues today. Look at these segues. You gonna, gonna host? You gonna host? no? So we the other trailer, the last trailer we're gonna talk about is uh, birds birds of prey and the fabulous emancipation too many words of harley quinn uh so harley's breakup movie is what this is so harley is broken up with mr j and she is trying to move on and so to do that she goes after black mask or black mask goes after her it's still i'm still fuzzy on the details there but uh she ends up embroiled in some some weird plot and this movie looks this movie looks to have all of the fun 
that was missing from Suicide Squad. Is I think the only the best way I can describe this trailer. Yeah, I mean, I think they, I think DC did a really smart thing. They go, what worked in Suicide Squad? Margot Robbie worked. What are we going to do? We're going to try to make the same movie we originally intended to make, and we're just going to use Margot Robbie, and we're going to bring in a whole bunch of new people. And good. And some of it's not going to work. The hyena at the end, I don't know what that was about, and it looked absurd. And it seems like they're really reaching to be Deadpool, and I think they're going to fall short. But I think everything with Harley Quinn is going to be great because Margot Robbie is great. And everything with Harley Quinn and Suicide Squad was fun. So I assume I assume that this is going to be that as well. And so I'm really looking forward to it. I think that this has a chance to be one of the better better DC movies that, that we've seen. I mean, it's not going to be like a prestige anything. It's not going to be Wonder Woman. It's not going to be what 1984 probably will be. But it's going to be probably. I, I think that it's going to be a fun one. If it can be, if it can be DC's Guardians of the Galaxy, if it can be DC's Ant Man, even Ant Man and the Wasp, then that's a step forward for them. And so I am, yeah, I'm, I'm looking really looking forward to this movie. And it's got a bunch of people in it I like. And again, I'm really looking forward to Ewan McGregor and uh, his now ex girlfriend, who's in this movie, having to do red carpets together. Like that is really. That's my number one thing I'm looking for, them having to do Comic-Con panels together. That's my number one thing I'm looking forward to in this movie. That's because you're kind of a sadist, though, Ray. That's fine. Uh, but <laughs> No, it's just going to be fun. I, I, I like reading People magazine. I can't help it. It's who I am as a person, Gerald. I, I'm not asking. I'm not shaming you, Ray. There's no shame from this end of the podcast. No, I, I completely agree. And I think they're like, I think DC has just finally realized, like, they try. They tried to do a thing, and they did the thing wrong. And so they're like, "Let's figure out what actually." W-. It wasn't the team up that made the Avengers good. It was that there was actual like stuff we cared about. And so I think that's what they're, they're just doing stuff that people care about. And so I uh, I'm excited to see it again. Um, I don't know. This is the first. Uh, oh, I guess. I'm not sure which one comes out first. Is it 84 or is this come out first? I don't remember. This comes out first. This comes out in like February, I think. Yeah, February 7th. It comes out real soon. Oh, that woman's name, sorry, is Mary Elizabeth Winstead. And I couldn't remember her name, which is unfortunate because she was great in Fargo and she was obviously great in Scott Pilgrim. So that was her name. I apologize. Yeah, no, no, no I, I completely understand. I couldn't remember it either. Uh, so I think this is going to be... I mean, really, this is their first foray back into like back into what they were trying to do initially since Aquaman. Like, like they have they did Joker, and then like that was that wasn't connected to anything. This is, I mean, seemingly has the connections because they're alluding to things that happened in the previous films. But I just, man, I don't know. I'm I'm very very curious to see how this goes. And I'm also very excited to see Rosie Perez. Well. Because Rosie Perez is great. Ray, you have a She's type. She's fantastic. Well, yeah, but that's not even what I'm talking about. <laughs> Rosie Perez is fantastic. And I, I, I'm going to be very happy. Because, like, she, like, I don't think, I feel, I feel like I've seen Rosie Perez in a movie or, like, in a television show in forever. Maybe I'm just not rushing the right things. Like, when's mean, the last time you saw Rosie Perez? Well, I've I've turned on I've turned on TNT to watch a uh, watch a basketball game, and White Men Can't Jump has been on. So I've seen her recently, but not in a recent movie. Fair enough, fair enough. TNT, where we get to see all of the movies of our childhood before uh, we watch an NBA games. Absolutely, the first five seconds of anything you DVR, Law and Order or White Men Can't Jump. 
I had a, speaking of the subject, I had an old school Saturday a couple weekends ago in which, in which I was working in my office and I just had the TV on in my office and I was just looking for something. And normally, you know, you go to Hulu, you go to Netflix, you put, turn on something and you just turn it on. But it happened to be on YouTube TV whenever I turned on the TV. That happened to be the last app I was using. And so it was on there. And I saw on TNT that they were running the Blade Trilogy and I left it there. And I napped through most of Blade Trinity, and it was it was a great Saturday. It was like an old school Saturday where you would just watch every Die Hard. It was one of those kinds of Saturdays on TNT, and it was glorious. And I miss it. And it makes me sad that there's going to be a whole generation of kids growing up that doesn't understand TNT Saturdays. TNT Saturdays used to be amazing. You would watch you would watch the most absurd. You'd watch Tango and Cash. You'd watch Face Off. You've watched Snake Eyes. You'd watched all sorts of terrible movies, just back to back to back. And as you always say, what's the best part of those movies? The sped up credits at the end. The sped up credits with the next movie up top, so you don't change the channel. Just brilliant, brilliant it's, TNT. First of all, Face Off is not a terrible movie. You watch your tongue. <laughs> you watch your tongue. I will not Can entertain Face Off slander on this podcast. Can I tell you? Uh, so we all know Blade Trinity is not good. Not great. Be- for many Wesley Snipes-related reasons. Yes. The original Blade, also not re- that good. <laughs> original Blade is very 1998. It, yeah. It's, I mean, Stephen Dorff, big fan, not that good. Did not it's hold not up. Not that good. Did not hold up. Didn't hold up. So Blade 2, on the other hand. Ron Perlman, big fan. Masterpiece. Thank you, Guillermo. Masterpiece. So that's a perfect segue. That brings us to your favorite segment, my favorite segment, your grandmother's favorite segment. Don't sleep on it. Right. Other than random films on TNT, what can the good folks not sleep on (laughs) this week? I mean, can we talk about the movies that I've watched on TNT? (laughs) You slept on those movies, though, right? In a very literal way. I literally slept through Blade Trinity. Most of it. I did wake up to see Ryan Reynolds shirtless, which is why we're all here. But the... But, <laughs> Gerald's just shaking his head in agreement. But the... Uh, but so what, my real don't sleep... So over the Christmas break, or my Christmas break, holiday break, um, I got to see several of the Oscar-nominated movies coming up. I saw Parasite, I saw Jojo Rabbit, and then most recently I saw 1917. And uh, I'll tell you, they're all good. Obviously, they're all nominated for Best Picture. Uh, That normally doesn't happen to bad movies unless it's a bad movie about a white person learning how to not be racist from a black person. Uh, Thank you, Green Book. But most of these movies are are actually pretty good. 1917, uh, I would say, is I was talking about with Gerald about this uh, before the show. 1917 is like a B plus movie. If it was just the story that has like A plus 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 craftsmanship and cinematography, and it's really for that reason that it's that it's been elevated, and it's really spectacular to see. It's one of those movies you need to see in the theater. It really is that kind of experience. The way that it's a if you don't know, it's it's not a one shot, but it's made to look like one through some clever techniques, and you feel like it. It feels like a video game because you're just walking behind or in front of these characters. Every kind of interaction feels like a cut scene. It's really, it's really an interesting experience, and, and I like it. The second movie, I just talked about Jojo Rabbit. Jojo Rabbit is Taika Waititi. It is a satire of Nazi Germany. 
uh, in which he plays an imaginary friend of a young boy named Jojo. And uh, that imaginary friend happens to be Hitler. And it is both funny and poignant. And it has moments that hit you in the gut, absolutely hit you in the gut. And that's moments of just real suspense. And I think it's one of the best movies of the year. And I absolutely recommend it. However, the best movie of the year, it's not going to win the Oscar. I know it's not going to win the Oscar because 1917 is an Oscar movie. And that's the kind of thing that win Oscars, even though, you know, it's not the best movie of the year. The best movie of the year is Parasite. And you absolutely need to see Parasite. You need to find a way to watch it. Find it when it comes on demand. Find it in a theater. I had to drive like 45 minutes to Austin to see the movie. And I did. And it was well worth it. It. I don't want to say anything about it because like you, I don't want to spoil it. It's just it's a thriller. Um, that has like twists and turns abound throughout it, but it's like four movies in one and the, it's beautiful. The way it's shot is just exceptional with the, the, the parallelism they're able to put into these two kind of families lives and the social commentary in it is so on point and such, so perfectly done and so perfectly embedded into what otherwise on the surface looks like just kind of your rote thriller that I, I just think it's exceptional. I think it's the best movie I've seen in a very long time. And I, uh, I recommend it very, very highly. Like that, that director hasn't done a bad movie. No, like, never like not made a bad movie. Not at all. Like I, like Snowpiercer is one of the be- most overlooked films of the last decade. I would say probably it's so, so good. Um, I have to see it. Did it's, you know that they're aw- going to try to make, they're going to try to make like a Snowpiercer like TV show or something like that. That's weird. I sorry, did interrupt, but I heard that and it made me upset. Anyway, continue. Yeah, so I, I it's it's on my list. It's unfortunately I haven't had a shot to see it. My wife uh, hasn't been feeling well the last several weeks, and so we haven't had a had a shot to get out there. You know, family and and kids and all that. Uh, so I'm what we have been able to do. We have stayed in, uh, but we have reignited. Football season's over, so she and I have been able to uh, get some get some TV watching in. And so the new show on Netflix, Messiah has premiered and we are uh, almost done with there about seven eight episodes of 10 right now and we are we are enjoying it because uh, there's a lot of it that is um, they show a lot of the political parts of what a messianic figure would probably be or is based upon actual critical readings of the things that these people say. Um, It's really well acted. It's really well shot. It's a slow burn, so it's not going to be very exciting, but they have used this to show, to shed light on some things that are problematic in modern society, refugee crises, uh, things like that, kind of economic gaps. Just there's a lot of social commentary in there that I I am really really enjoying. They have some interesting things to say. Uh, so if 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 that's your thing, check it out on Netflix. Messiah, uh, it's it's pretty solid. So I, so I I'm not sure how that show is still like. So there are people that are mad that the word damn was used in a commercial for what was it? I can't even remember what it was in a commercial for Burger King. Yeah. For the impossible burger. And yet Messiah is going on with, with nary. Like I haven't heard any protest. Have I missed the protests? I haven't seen any. That was the thing that was most shocking to me is that there haven't been any. 
how is this happening in the year 2020, which is the year we're in, by the way, Gerald? Think about that. Hug your, hug your, hug your wife and children, a child, because this is we're in the year 2020. Raymond, this is yeah. We're equidistant from 1990 and 2050. I don't like that. I don't like that at all. <laughs> I am against that. I do not. That's the kind of stuff C3PO you need to keep to yourself. <laughs> because, because, oh. I'm so depressed right now. I'm sorry, Ray. I didn't mean to do it to you. I didn't mean to do it to you. But yeah, that was honestly something that I, I sent. Uh, I said to my wife, I was like, I'm shocked people aren't offended by this. Like, is there, there's some stuff happening in it. But uh, if, you, if, <clears throat> if you're not easily offended, something you should definitely check out. But that's all we've got for you this week. Ray, where can the good folks find you on the internet? I'm on Twitter, at RM Summerlin. You can follow me on Twitter. I am at GH Goodrich. Follow the show on Twitter, at Two woke nerds. Shoot us an email, two woke nerds at gmail.com. Thank you so much for tuning in again this week. And until next time, stay woke. <laughs>